Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your presence here. Thank you for all things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are into our third episode of our series entitled Buzzwords. And in this one, we, if you were watching the videos, you kind of got an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. One is a word that we hear very frequently in the church, and one is, if you read your Bible, that you run into. But both of them are kind of the different sides of the same coin, um, if you think about it. And so we are going to look at the fact how important this word is and how the atoning of God's work in our lives, the atonement has caused us to be in a position whereby we should be able to declare the good news to other people because it is nothing that we've done of ourselves. It was already, already, already set up for us. All we had to do is walk into it. God just do some things. I'd just be like, hmm. There's nothing that you could do of yourself, but he has just worked it out for us so that it happens for us. And so when we started off, the first thing that we talked about was the Trinity being revealed. And we talked about the Trinity and how God sent the Son and the Spirit in order for us to get an understanding of his awesomeness. Last week we talked about gospel's good news and we reflected on the reason that the gospel is good news is because we are in such a bad state. And this time we're going to talk about atonement's awesome act. What atonement does for us, to us, and how God has used that in order to reconcile us back to himself. As we look at our definitions, our first definition is buzzword, which is noted as a Harvard student slang for keywords in a lecture or reading. So it's the keywords. And expi expiation is the act, is the next one, is the act of atoning for a crime. The act of making satisfaction for an offense by which the guilt is done away and the obligation of the offended person to punish the crime is canceled. Other words are atonement or satisfaction, expiation. The two words that we're going to be delving into today is atonement. Atonement is the expiation of sin made by the obedience and personal sufferings of Christ. I'm going to say that one, one more time. Atonement is the expiation of sin made by the obedience and personal suffering of Christ. And then propitiation, sorry, propitiation, the atonement or atoning sacrifice offered to God to assuage his wrath and render him propitious, favorable to sinners. 
we're getting ready to get into this. It's going to be fun. Uh, it was fun for me, so hopefully it'll be fun for you. Romans, the third chapter, starting at the 21st verse, we're going to be going down through the 31st verse. And it says in the English Standard Version, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. 22. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 24. And all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 25. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This has to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. It, ha it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Amen. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. Yes. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. <laughs> Do we then overthrow the law by faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Father, we thank you for your word. May it fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Let's jump into this. This is going to be fun. So, when we look at this word, atonement, uh, and a good example, there was a, 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 a movie called The Hunger Games, and I don't know how many of y'all seen it, but in the movie The Hunger Games, it was this event where people would go and eat. There was 12 communities, and these 12 communities would send two, a boy and a girl to go fight in this battle so that whatever community won, they would be in an elevated status for that next year. Well, this young lady's baby sister's name got called. And when her name got called, she stood up and de declared that she would go in her place. That is the type of process that atonement go that it, the atonement works for. It is setting aside someone in order to provide a substitute for them. Although she was selected, her sister stood up and said, I'll go in her place. So that was an atonement for what she had to do. So it is a, the illustration of the substitution of one person so that another person can go free. Yes. <laughs> and so as we look at this, we can see how this all works out. Now, the first word that I want us to, to, to dive into is propitiation. Um, it's a comp 
complicated, it has, this word has a complicated history, so let's run through it really quickly and see what, how it comes out. So we look at the word, and it, uh, in the English Standard Version, it is translated propitiation. In other uh, versions, like the NIV, it is the word atonement. As I said before, it is the same coin, but two different sides. The word that we have probably heard the most is the word atonement. We've heard that. The term atonement was developed in the English language in the 16th century by the combination of at-one-ment, meaning to set at one or to reconcile. It was used in the various English translations of the Bible, including the King James Version, to convey the idea of uh, reconciliation and expiation and it has been a favorite way for Christians to speak about the saving significance attributed to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, this is where the complication comes because we have these two words that mean almost the same thing, but their way of achieving it is different. So this is where it becomes complicated because if you remember the, the definition, when we looked at the definition of atonement, it was the atoning of for a crime or the making of the satisfaction for. And propitiation means to, to assuage the wrath that is supposed to come as a result of the crime. And so as we're journeying through this, we will bounce upon that. But what we have theologically came up with is the fact that the atonement of Christ uh, means that there's a satisfaction. Satisfac mm. Excuse me, I done, got, I, done, I done went too fast for myself. My tongue wasn't was going to go on. Didn't want to go with me. The satisfaction for the sins of the world. Redemption. Another thought was redemption from the devil or from the wrath of God. Uh, a saving example of true suffering love, the, the prime illustration of divine mercy, a divine victory over the force of evil. It has all, it, it is so complex in how God set this up as many people's perception of it is that it, it's all these things, but if you try to put your finger on it, it just seems to not be able to be covered by your finger because it's so much broader than what we can really understand. So when we look at what Paul is saying in this third chapter, he, he, he's laying out the case that everyone is guilty of sin. That's why he says there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Another version says all have sinned and come short of God's glorious standard. We have all come up short. It doesn't matter if you was in if you have been in church before you were born. It doesn't matter if you were in certain positions in the church, or it doesn't matter what ethnic group you were in. It doesn't. None of that matters. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of the Lord. And and I love the word that they use. It doesn't say come short. It says fallen short 
of the glory of the Lord. It's not that you got to a point and you didn't, you failed, you missed it so, 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 so dramatically that there's no hope of you being able to achieve it in your own self. But what God has worked out for us is that he has set up a plan. He has provided a substitute in order for us to be able to be reconciled back to himself. And so God has set this up so that those who believe in Jesus are made right through a specific means by the propitiation brought about through the blood of Jesus. The additionally, the word propitiation, which we're, we're going to stay on that word because I just like saying the pus. But uh, the, 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 the thing about it is, is that this word propitiation means also that the wrath of God is redirected. Wow. It means that God's wrath, because God cannot stand sin, but what he did is he gave us the ability to set up an atonement that would cause him not to uh, 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 execute his wrath upon us until the time came. And when the time came, instead of him putting his wrath upon us, he put the wrath upon Jesus, who was the perfect sacrifice for us all. So the Greek word, the Greek word for propitiation is hasteron. Hasteron. For those that you are writing down, is in the Strong's, it's the is G2345. G2335. G33. I mean, 23, what numbers am I saying? I'm saying all kinds of numbers. 45. Okay, 45. All right? And when you look at Hilasteron, it means to perpetuate, so to perpetuate typically means to calm someone who is angry. That's what it means. Remember I said it was the way of removing or redirecting God's wrath. So within the, the Christian church, there are different interpretations of exactly what that word means in this context. One is to refer to the mercy seat that is found on the Ark of the Covenant. The word in Greek, when you do it, uh, when you convert it over to Hebrew, it is the same word that is a reference to the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. The, ark, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant it was where the priest was allowed to go one time a year because where the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, where the, t the top of the Ark of the Covenant, where the, it had two angels facing one another, and it was believed that the presence of God was in between those two angels on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. It was called, and it's still called, the Mercy Seat. And on that National or Annual Day of Atonement, the priest would go in and sprinkle blood on top of that Mercy Seat as an atonement for a... Uh, for the sins of the people. That is why, as we saw in the video, what the process was, you would bring this lamb. You would 
put your hands on this lamb's head and you would say, this lamb is my substitute for my transgressions to God. As you are saying that, the, the priest would then take a sharp blade and cut underneath the throat of the lamb and blood would just spew. This was not a pretty sight. It was, blood would be spewed all over the place. I'm even thinking the blood probably got on the person that had it, their hands on them. And then the, the lamb would be uh, placed through the sacrificial process so that for the next year you would be covered by the blood of the lamb. And the priest would take the, the, the blood and he would go in and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat as an atonement to propitiate, turn away the wrath of God for another year. Amen. So what ends up happening is, y'all gonna love this part, what ends up happening is that Jesus becomes the mercy seat for us. He becomes the place whereby God comes in and says, this is pure sacrifice. This is the sacrifice that meets my requirements, and it is the perfect sacrifice. Now, before Jesus could become the mercy seat, he had to go through the process of crucifixion. He had to be uh, um, uh, have laid upon him the sins of the entire world. The sins of the past from Adam all the way to the sins of the present, the people that were putting him on the cross, to the sins of the future for those sins that will be coming up right around the corner, like when you get mad when you go in the traffic today at, when you're driving home. Anyway, but it's all covered. Jesus took upon all that sin, and that is why he, was, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because it caused him to lose contact with God. And once he has satisfied the penalty of sin, remember expiation is the fact that the, the, the penalty is covered for so that the person guilty is no longer considered guilty. So, Jesus, God provided us with a way in order for us to be reconciled back to him without going through the pain that Jesus went through because he went through it for us because we could not accomplish it within ourselves. And so as we look at this, so Jesus then becomes our mercy seat, the presence of God that now we can go into because when Jesus did what he did, the Bible says that somehow, some way, the, the curtain that separated the holies of holies from the rest of the people was ripped, not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. So there was a now is wide open for anybody to come into the holies of holies. So we see that God has provided through the blood of Jesus satisfaction for his wrath. Because sin has to be corrected. 
So, although we tr there have been many ways that folks have tried to understand it, it's just simply that God has set us up that we can be reconciled back to him. And when we are reconciled back to him, it is because of Jesus becoming the propitiation, the one that diverted the wrath of God and the atonement, the one that is sacrificed in a substitution for, any, for someone else so that we can be expitiated from the crime or from the punishment that was going to come to us. So I got all three of them words right there for you. So God makes this atonement, as it says in verse number 25, by passing over our sin. So God sees the sins of humanity. He can, he can see them, but what he, he does, his wrath doesn't come. Why? Because the blood of Jesus covers those sins. They can be seen, but they can be also acquitted because of the blood of Christ. That's why it's important that we understand how important the blood is. The Bible says that life is in the blood. And so if we understand that life is in the blood, then we also understand that we are given eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. So now as we walk through this and as we journey through this, as we look at this, we can't boast about anything. You can't do nothing to make it happen. All you can do is accept it and walk in it. And so with that said, if we understand that because of what Jesus did, he propitiated a way for God's wrath to no longer come upon us, it should be the good news that we're telling folks that although you are guilty, you are made innocent because of Jesus and because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, this is the thing, though. If we don't accept the gift that Jesus has done this for us, then we will be just as guilty as guilty can be. Yes. Because we will be guilty of not accepting the gift that God has provided for us. Yes. I don't know if you have ever given a gift to someone and that person looked at you and said, I don't want this and gave it back to you. Yeah, see, you call it, see, yeah. That's the same way God feels about it. Because if you, if someone takes the time to get you a gift and they present it to you, they expect you to accept the gift. Now, you might not like the color, you might not like the design, that, 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 but to accept the gift. Before you even open a package, you say, I don't want this gift, and you just give it right back to them. Just think about how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All that anger jumped up, didn't it? You slapping their teeth out, you punching them in the head, you just doing all this stuff to them. Oswald Chamber had, had this thing to say. He says, we trample the blood of the Son of God if we think we are forgiven because we are sorry for our sins. The only explanation for the forgiveness of God and for the unfathomable death of his Forgetting is the death of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 
our repentance is merely the outcome of our personal realization of the atonement which he has worked out for us. It does not matter who or what we are. There is absolute reinstatement into God by the death of Jesus Christ and by no other way. Not because Jesus Christ pleads, but because he died. It is not earned, but accepted. All the pleading which deliberately refuses to recognize the cross is of no avail. It is battering at a door other than the one that Jesus has opened. Our Lord does not pretend that we are all right when we are all wrong. The atonement is a propitiation whereby God, through the death of Jesus, makes an unholy man holy. Jesus. Nothing you can do. Jesus. Nothing that you can do. <sighs> and here's the final little illustration that I ran into that I, I thought that I was very good. And it says, to understand propitiation, think about how a mother and father become angry when a child sins. How does a child persuade his parents to cease to be angry and become happy with him? And the person says, in our home, our children have to sit in a timeout, then tell us what they did wrong, and finally ask for forgiveness. Then we give big hugs and kisses. That's propitiation. It means turning away anger. In the Bible, propitiation is an act by which God's wrath is turned away from us. That's Mr. Daniel Hyde. So God's wrath against sin was appeased through the killing of an animal, and this just pointed to who Jesus was going to be in order to make it an eternal thing in our lives. There's nothing we, we can do. We can't, we can't devise a way of propitiation. We can't devise a way of atonement. All that has already been done. Again, we just have to accept that we have access to it through faith in Jesus Christ. And if we don't accept it, then we have to deal with God not being happy with us re rejecting his gift. So as we have looked at this word today, this word atonement, which also brings out the word expiation, uh, and also propitiation, we see how it wasn't just this one-sided thing. It was God's wrath that was always waiting on us and waiting to be distributed was turned away from us because of the atoning effect of Jesus being our substitute and dying for us, which then caused us to be expediated from the fact that our punishment is canceled because it has already been taken care of. And all we have to do is accept that fact. Today I want just to acknowledge the fact that this is not a hard thing to do. It is quite easy and it is for each and every one of us. And if you have not made that decision you need to make that decision because that today is as good as day as any. We have already laid it out that 
God has already atoned for you. He has already turned his wrath away from you. And he has already set everything up that you need in order to be reconciled back to him. Now, it's, a, it's an easy process for you to go through in order for this to happen. In that book, same book of Romans, it says in the 10th chapter and the 9th verse, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it also goes on to say, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Again, saved means to be rescued and delivered. And what are you being rescued and delivered from? The very thing that you think is going to be okay. Sin is not your friend. The wages of sin or the result of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It then goes on to say, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we want to let you know that you making that decision today, that you will not be alone. We, always, we say here that this is not an individual sport. This is a team event. We want to come alongside you because you have made this decision to assist you along this journey because it's very important that we do it together. In order to make that happen, we want to provide you with this information. You can contact us at info at GodsHouseCC.com, that's info at GodsHouseCC.com, or you can text us at 864-920-0100, and we will get back with you. We will assist you along this journey. No matter where you are in the world, we will assist you to help you to become all that God has desire for you to be. Well, friends and family, that's it. That's episode number three. I think that was a nice, heavy one. That was good for us just to go over and realize that everything's already taken care of. We just got to accept the gift. And then when we accept the gift, we are reconciled back to the Father, and everything will begin to operate in a new way in our lives. Well, until next time, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.